Hi, I'm Simon Pullman, and you're listening to the Tomorrow with Rovio podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to uh, another episode of the Tomorrow with Rovio podcast. I'm your host, uh, Ben Mattis. Uh, and today's podcast guest is, a, is an interesting one. His name is uh, Simon Pullman. He's a partner and co-chair of uh, Cohen Debates Abram and Shepard, L.E.P. Uh, so, yes, I have a lawyer on a podcast about entertainment. Um, and that might strike you as a little bit weird, but, but Simon's a special guy. Uh, he's a mega geek who is a just huge consumer of all things media and entertainment. Um, he's quite insightful. He spends a lot of time sort of thinking and blogging and kind of writing about major trends inside of entertainment, uh, obviously with a, a focus on law. But if you're at all interested about, you know, how rights management is going to evolve as, you know, whatever, more games become movies or more movies become games, uh, how things are evolving now that we have you know, streamers and creators working and sort of monetizing content created by game developers. Uh, what's going to happen with NFTs and crypto and how is that going to change rights and law? W what's going to happen when, you know, we sort of increasingly live our lives in some of these virtual worlds and increasingly we're monetizing and making money based off of IP that, you know, might be sort of three chains up the ladder in terms of ownership. Um, in an increasingly digital, increasingly interconnected, increasingly remixed world, the legality of a lot of this stuff is, at least to me, really interesting. Uh, if you find anything that I just said even remotely compelling, I think you'll find this interview with Simon uh, worth your time. So thanks very much. Enjoy. So Simon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm looking Thank forward you for to having this me. conversation. Um, let's start with introductions. Um, introduce yourself, what you do. Um, talk a little bit about why you, a lawyer, uh, are on this podcast talking about the future of entertainment. <laughs> Well, we'll see how much value I can actually provide to the audience. Um, so my name is Simon Pullman. Um, I am indeed uh, an entertainment attorney. Um, I work for a firm called Count Debates. Uh, we have a New York and a Los Angeles uh, office. I'm based out of uh, of New York. And my practice really spans uh, entertainment um, a lot of my work is actually on the television side of things, if we can still call it television in the world of streaming and over the the top, but but episodic. So you know, doing legal and business affairs in terms of acquiring material and hiring writers and attaching producers and doing deals to sell shows to all types of of platforms, both uh, traditional and digital. Um, but my practice also spans across motion picture, podcast. Uh, gaming uh, and some other sorts of forms of progressive and interesting um, uh, digital, uh, you know, forms of content. Uh, as to why I'm I'm here, I mean, I, <laughs> I I I think probably because I have had a a very deep uh, and involved interest in sort of the convergence between traditional entertainment and and digital media. Um, 
for well over a, a decade at this point in, in time. Um, when we did the pre-call for this, uh, Ben, we were trying to work out how we were connected uh, on, linked, uh, on LinkedIn, and we, we came to the conclusion it had something uh, to do with our common connection to Jeff, uh, to Jeff right. Gomez um, and his company Starlight Runner, which is a, a client of ours, and I've known Jeff for a long, a long time. And you know, I actually saw him yesterday, and he and I have very you know sort of shared interests in in how you know entertainment is evolving in the interaction between um content and the audience yes um and you know and the ability now to really you know do things that that lie in that space between what we might have once called sort of traditional media and gaming um or interactive um the difference is that i approach it probably from a little bit more of a, of a deal making yeah. Uh, and a legal sort of rights uh, perspective. And, you know, th th this kind of thing, I think it informs a lot of my work. Great. Uh, you know, in terms of being able to try and future-proof clients for these kinds of things that are to come. I love the work uh, that I do in terms of I love working through, you know, complex rights things and drafting and nuance and all of these kinds of things. But I'm at my heart, uh, you know, a huge nerd. That's so, <laughs> I, you know, a massive consumer of um, of movies and and uh, and TV and games and comic books and all of these kinds of things. A lot of people probably think they know what a lawyer does, and they probably think they know what you know a, a sales guy or a biz dev guy does. But you use this term business affairs, which seems to sort of pull a little bit from both. And I do think it's going to tie into some of our further questions down the line. So can you just talk a little bit more about, about your day-to-day? -day? Like, like yeah. when you sign a deal, kind of how are you looking at it? How are you tackling it? Yeah, it, it, it is interesting because I think people who are perhaps more familiar with other sort of strands of, of, of law or, or just lay people, you know, think of lawyers being with a, a huge stack of, of documents and I do have a huge stack of documents. My floor is just, you know, paper all, all over uh, the place. And I, I do do a lot of drafting. Um, but, you know, in sort of entertainment parlance, business affairs is is the actual negotiation of the material deal term. So in our practice, you know, certainly there are circumstances with some clients where, you know, the client says, here's a deal, you know, here, here's, you know, uh, some closed terms, draft a contract, or we receive this contract from a vendor please review it. Yeah. And, you know, we're service providers. We live to serve. We, we're very, very happy to, to do that. Um, but my practice sort of goes beyond that insofar as I very often am the person who is making an offer. So for instance, if you were, um, let's say, uh, you know, uh, you had an independent writer of a graphic novel or an independent developer of a, of a video game that you've published on Steam or something like that. And my client said to me, you know, uh, we really love this. This game it has a great aesthetic. We think we could turn this into a into a movie, into a TV show. Um, essentially, they would say to me, "Go and make a deal, Simon." So I would go and I would make an offer to you or your representative, and we'd work through the terms. Um, and that is sort of, you know, that is the business affairs piece of it. So we're talking about what the, what the money is in terms of upfront and potentially down down the line. What scope of rights? Um, are being granted? What are you going to get in terms of credit? Will you have any kind of approval over the end product? Which is, I'm sure we'll talk about. The, the old Hollywood sort of adage was, here's some money, 
go away. Yeah. We, we don't. We, yeah, we don't want you're, the author. No, get the, no, no. We're not. We're not interested in your opinions. What what, what could you add that's relevant? It's um, ours now. <laughs> it's our. It's ours. Yes, it's 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 ours now. Uh, you'll get a, a net profits uh, check in uh, ten years if you're lucky. But that sort of has very much changed for a variety of of reasons, which I could certainly uh, certainly speak speak to. Um, so that's sort of my day to day. So there are certainly times when I'll sit for two, three hours and draft some documents. I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of a couple of quite complicated ones um, at the moment. Um, but a lot of it is also just being on the phone and talking through. And, 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 and look, we try, and, we try to approach deal making in a collaborative problem solving way. You as a rights holder or uh, representing a writer or a platform that's looking to, to, you know, you have certain mandates from your client or from your company. Um, and I have certain, you know, requirements as well. And we try to get to a, to a point where neither of us are happy. Cool. <laughs> that Both sounds happy, like I mean. the perfect compromise, a world where everyone's just a little bit disappointed. <laughs> that's the cliche about negotiation. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you've been doing this for a bunch of years um, and you hinted at it just before that, uh, well, you sort of suggested that the, maybe the sophistication of the deals and, and probably the expectations of the right holders are evolving over time. And that, that's very interesting. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit more as well. But to begin with, I'm wondering if you can talk at all about any of the sort of <clears throat> the mega trends. This is a term we use a lot at Rovio and inside the gaming industry, this concept of mega trends that you've seen just by definition of, of your deal flow, like over the decade that you've been doing this, you've probably, I don't even know how many deals you've probably managed, but it's probably a lot. Have you noticed any things that are ebbing or flowing across entertainment sort of as a whole that you wanted to bring up? Oh, uh, certainly. Um, and I think there are, there are two or, or three that are probably germane to this, to this conversation. Um, I think one, I mean, clearly there's a rise in in episodic over motion picture, and yeah. there's a general rise in in sort of competitiveness for for properties driven by the SVOD platforms and the number of buyers. I I, I don't think we even have to talk about that. It's just it's 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 obvious. Yeah. Um, what I think is 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 interesting is perhaps the idea of the, the, all of the major conglomerates are moving away from the idea of sort of a single container. So meaning like a single movie. Right. I, you know, if you look, it, it, I think it's very sad for sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of cinephile purists, you know, who just love, they love a, a movie, for example. But where value can is really built is in having something that can be expanded, yeah. and that's sort of just a huge trend across uh, across entertainment. And I think that the various companies are doing it with 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 different levels of of success. Um, clearly, an obvious example is. Uh, is you know Marvel Studios and the Marvel yeah. Cinematic uh, Universe, which you know started off as a series of motion pictures that became more and more in- interconnected, has now done it really quite marvelously, in my opinion. You know, transitioned into television, um, and you know, is is those you know, it's interesting to look at the di- the approaches of the different SVOD platforms because you know Disney has really thus far putting aside the kid stuff, which has its own value. Um, you know, as far as adult content has, has has really built its platform on the back of two or three major IPs, primarily yeah. Star Wars and um, Marvel. and Marvel, and and everybody's looking for their for their own 
um, their own peace in terms of things that that people will will love and will will cause them to 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 come back. And so, from a deal making perspective, I think all companies are looking to own things and they're looking to have the right to do derivative productions. Um, and on the rights holder side, well, what does that mean? It means what does your participation uh, look right. like in all of those different t- types of things? And it's it, it it tends to be one of the the key points that we're discussing. Um, you know, in terms of other major trends, clearly um, there's a massive move towards telling more more diverse stories. Okay. Um, it is a big big movement in 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 Hollywood, and I would say all of our clients are actively you know looking in that way to do things in a in a sort of a a more authentic way in terms of you know acquiring underlying material from people who are you know who who have different perspectives and different backgrounds and and and, and so forth um but also you know making sure that the staffing and so forth is 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 allows those table those stories to be told in authentic in an authentic way um and then from my perspective sort of looking forwards um i think that the one of the things that's been accelerated by the the pandemic um, in addition to all sort of forms of, of sort of home entertainment is, is just clearly um, interactive and gaming, right. uh, you know, just, just, just massive. And it's really interesting to see some of our clients are very traditional media. Some of them are very, you know, are actually squarely in that space. Um, it's interesting to see the sort of the, 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 the big spread in terms of their, of people's awareness of this and how they're beginning to sort of understand the value of 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 sort of gaming and game ip and that sort of direct engagement with audiences which really you know the game companies have mastered in a way that uh, and i think i think it's a very tricky thing to do at times but but in a way that that, that you know traditional hollywood has not necessarily right very interesting and those are great mega trends um God, I could, I could, I could spend an episode talking about each one of those, but if, so, so <clears throat> I'm wondering, do you then, do you also see, and maybe the answer to this question is no, in which case that's fine. We can move on. But do you also see trends, uh, in the, in the sort of content and maybe diversity is an example of what I'm looking for here, but let's take, um, well, let's, let's take a, let's take a page out of, out of Jeff's thought thinking, right? So, so once upon a time, you had the hero's journey. And so you had a hero and you had a villain and the story had, generally speaking, three acts and there was a beginning and a middle and an end. And then, you know, whatever, the, you saved the damsel in distress and you were done. And Jeff talks uh, about the collective journey and he talks quite a lot about ensemble casts and the kind of power of ensemble casts, both in terms of um, creating a, a more diverse story world, right, that has more derivative opportunities, as you've just discussed. But then also as an, an opportunity for the sort of collective engagement where you have the, the meta community has more to talk about because there's more threads, there's more conversations, there's more people to like or dislike, and there's more ebb and flow of who's the good guy versus who's the bad guy. So if you take, I don't know, like The Walking Dead as an example, right? Like it was, you could you could be you know Team Rick Grimes one week, right? And then just the next week, just be like, forget that guy, I'm completely over him. I never want to hear his name mentioned again. And that was okay. And that gave you an opportunity to really deeply engage in the fan forums or or what have you, wherever your wherever your tribe lived. So have you seen any of these sort of almost more like um 
genre trends or, yeah. or oh, I mean, it's it's I, I it's 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 fascinating i mean in terms of sort of broad you know genre trends i mean clearly um every, one thing that all of the platforms are trying to do is to build their own sort of fantasy or sci-fi right. universe amazon has several has several bets including obviously lord of the rings being purportedly um a, a massive one but you know there are a lot of of properties you know and, and i think to, you, to your point about the characterization you know i always think about this as just an interesting one indiana jones right mm -hmm. indiana jones is is the name of a man and so that's that in, unless they can find a way with this new film and i think they tried to do it with the the previous one when they had the the um you know, Shia LaBeouf as the son, maybe he was going to inherit it, I don't know. But to sort of expand beyond that is, is, is going to be a challenge for them. And presumably they want to be able to do that, whether it's via recasting or expanding the universe or whatever else, because they want Indiana Jones to keep going. More yeah. series, more movies, more theme park rides, et cetera, et cetera. Um, from what you're saying, you know, what's interesting about a lot of these properties be they sort of based on fantasy, you know, based on novels or graphic novels or, or, or games is that yes there are a variety of entry points and characters to sort of relate to now from my perspective um yeah i'm this is sort of above my pay grade insofar as i'm not really involved in in the in the creative i am in the deal making and in terms of things that might implicate this well it's interesting because you know one of them is um you know is it, 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 we're starting to see covenants in 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 contracts um that require for example, uh, you know, a cast member to, you know, if it's if, if it's based on the book, not be gender switched, not be, right, you know, right, national right. origin or, or, or race switched. And so that's that's the contractually mandated. But the other piece, which is interesting, which kind of interacts with this, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, actually, is is the power of a star, because one of the things that's really been a massive trend is, is you've got so much noise, so many parties developing projects right now. Yeah. Um, and so many buyers looking to to cut through, and I'm sure we've all seen certain things drop to to an SVOD platform like Netflix or what have you. And and it's it's like you see a few trailers for a week around the release, then crickets, and then if yeah, you're in the fun. industry, you might see, you know, a month later it's been cancelled. Yeah. Um, and so looking at the approaches, because one thing we're seeing as a big another big macro trend is using a a star in a in a star role to to cut through the noise to make mm -hmm. people be aware of it um uh, we've got some projects like that you know clearly there are others the the um uh you know i think talent's more more you know more amenable to to doing tv now whether it's henry cavill sure. in the witcher or i'm watching mayor of east town with kate winslet at the moment which i think is is, is very good um but the downside of that is i i find a little bit is when you have something that's star driven typically speaking for contractual and other reasons you know how it's going to turn out you know how the story is going to develop yeah. um and presumably the star is going to prevail um they might even have contractual provisions that they must prevail i mean i, re I remember this thing like you know like i don't know how 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 true this is because i'm really not involved so you know disclaimer i have no personal knowledge of this but like this purported contractual thing between the rock and vin diesel in fast and the furious that like neither one of them could lose a fight or something so they had to like have a stalemate in the, in the screenplay but i mean what, what i mean what do you think you know when you when you have something in in the audiovisual realm does is it attractive to you to have oh okay there's a, there's tom cruise in it or, or whoever sure. you know that's recognizable or is it or do you prefer to say get lost in the immersion of having yeah. no name actors 
It's it's a very interesting question. Uh, I can only speak, obviously, for myself and all of this, but but one of the megatrends, just anecdotally, one of the megatrends that Rovio has identified, uh, we call it consolidation. And inside consolidation, you know, we talk about sort of mergers and acquisitions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. We also talk about this theme of black hole games, right? So, so games that just suck up energy and time and play and engagement from players and then are very difficult to escape, right? Kind of once you're from in Fortnite. From the perspective of, of, of the player's time or from the perspective of sucking up so much of, of, the, of the just general eyeballs that becomes hard to compete with those games? Well, both. both. But, but if you think about Fortnite as an example, right? Or w- World of Warcraft was a perfect example. Like, so many people wanted to quit World of Warcraft. Like, I don't know how to quit you. Like, they, they couldn't get out because all of their friends were in, right? That was so where their a network effect. Was. That was where their online community was, right? And if you were, a, you know, Age of Conan was, 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 was a fantasy MMO subscription base that tried to launch around the time of World of Warcraft and it just hit the blizzard wall of like, well, we can't get enough players, even with the Conan brand, right? We can't necessarily get enough players for this thing to become its own little mini black hole, self-sustaining so that it can start actually pulling players organically out of the World of Warcraft. And ultimately, you know, Age of Conan, you know, whatever, like they more or less died, right? I mean, certainly yeah. they, they, they didn't win in the world against Warcraft. Because if you look at, you know, I mean, any number of, of, of properties, but I think today, probably in this marketplace, you're more likely to see Conan, the character, licensed in. That's right. Into, into one of these. I mean, that's, the, that's where I, I think the war is at the moment. And and it makes me a little bit scared for Hollywood that they don't understand that this is happening, that there are several platforms, you know, you can say Fortnite being one, Call of Duty, Roblox, um, you know, uh, 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 Minecraft, etc., that they're going to become so big that the that, that other games and things will potentially just exist within them, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, you know, but, so, so you're, so, but your point is that, that essentially... I mean, make, licensing in games makes me think about back to like the '90s and those kinds of, of just like totally weird license things. But even in that world, the 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 star almost is is the game. It's that ecosystem and the fact that your your sort of your friends are there, not the celebrity or the character per se. Certainly, in games like you know any game that hits a critical mass has a huge competitive advantage there where they can, A, become the platform, and B, they don't necessarily need the star, right? Minecraft doesn't have a star. Roblox doesn't have a star. And I I think you'd probably be hard put to try and get an agreement amongst players what even the top game in Roblox is because it it ebbs and flows and different people have different opinions and all of that kind of thing. But to your point about stardom... What, what we what we sort of in the industry talk about is like if you know clearly these black hole games don't last forever, right? It's not like Counter Strike Go is the only competitive esports shooter that exists. And what, what was really interesting to see is that if you look at where Counter Strike Go was dominant, and then there was this time period where there was like two or three relatively big sort of skill-based competitive shooters that all came out at the same time. There was Cliff Blazenski's Lawbreakers. There was Blizzard's Overwatch. I think um, 
God, there was another one as well, and I always forget the name of it, but I think there was like two or three that hit all around the same time. And collectively, they were competing with Counter-Strike Go for the competitive mm. esports scene. And one of them won, which was Overwatch, right? It killed basically the others. So yes, there were other challenges with Lawbreakers and that kind of thing. But ultimately, Overwatch became enough of a black hole on its own that it could kind of go head-to-head with Counter-Strike Go for those sort of, you know, whatever, those esports eyeballs. And, and so one of the things that's interesting there is that the star there was the familiar. It wasn't a specific actor. It wasn't a specific player, a specific, you know, whatever. It was, you want Counter-Strike, you want competitive shooting, but you're a little bit bored of it because you've been playing it for five years. We're going to give you enough of what you know so that you can pick up and play and be good at it instantaneously, but also enough innovation and diversity and new experience that it's going to yeah. feel like an innovative And, and wrapped thing. in a different uh, aesthetic, and they That's did right. build out the lore right. a, a little bit of that in, in advance, and I think they've been doing uh, so, uh, you know, since. But that's, that's, that's a really interesting point. So they presumably went into, into that strategically. That's my belief, yes. I don't look, think it was to... a pure coincidence that these three big games all came out at around the same time trying to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm but, not but saying they were you know, on to, the phone with each other. Let's say let's all launch this at the same time. I'm saying they all read the same tea leaves. They were all looking at the same trends. They were all sort of making the same call, seeing the same opportunity, and probably gambling on the fact that the market was ready for some new. Yeah, but it, but it's it's it is germane to um you know to our, our our practice because I think if a client came to us with something that was sort of a middling property and said. I want to do a AAA console game. I, I think the advice might be, well, let's think about this carefully. Um, is there an opportunity to partner with, you know, a, a company instead that has more expertise, or is there a sort of a space in in doing things in in mobile or what have you? Um, I, I think it'd be very, very hard. And I think the days of, you know, as we said earlier, you know, to, to sort of slap on a license onto something and, and, yeah. and, and call it a day, you know, is, is, is sort of is sort of gone because the play. I mean, that's the thing I would say. It's been really interesting because gaming gamers are incredibly discerning yes. in terms of you know they, they communicate and a lot and sophisticated and they yeah they follow the Metacritic and everything else. Hollywood, that was not the case, right? Mm-hmm. You would you, it was very broad. You would blast for opening sort of weekend and get people into the theaters. And I think one of the things that they've had to deal with is a reckoning a little bit is the fact that now the audience talks to each other um, through social media and so forth. And so um, you have to think about your audience a, a little bit more, um, not necessarily to the same level of de- of degrees, because I think gaming is, you know, it's uh, the, the people are just so devoted, which is just a wonderful thing. Um, but uh, but it's definitely changed, I think, in film and television. So do you think our, our, our Hollywood or, yeah, our film deals more complicated or less complicated to negotiate than interactive? Or can you say, can you make such broad generalizations or is it really case by case? It's very hard because they, they deal in such this everything's so different the way that the companies are structured is 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 very different you know often in gaming companies the business deals are actually done by non-lawyers 
uh, not by lawyers. And there's a bigger sort of um, uh, sort of uh, what I would say is, is sort of siloing or, or, or differentiation between the, the legal and the business uh, functions. Uh, in, in entertainment companies, you know, maybe slightly more aligned in certain respects, but um, you know, it's look. Here's the thing. It's it, 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 it's very easy for me to sort of prognosticate and say, well, you should be doing this and thinking about these, you know, the, these the, these things from a from a sort of a multi-platform, expansive sort of perspective. But even making a single movie is extremely difficult. Right. Um, from a from a from a financing um, business, creative, practical um, uh, perspective. So I think that to flip sort of twist around your question a little bit they're all hard in their own ways what is particularly difficult and what i i really hope that i'm able to do from a career perspective is to try to act as a facilitator or a translator between those businesses because if you think about where we are potentially going in terms of um things that sort of live at that that convergence you know interactive storytelling uh, bringing sort of you know film and Hollywood properties into quote unquote the metaverse or into yeah. into gaming, you have to you have to be able to translate in terms of the way that the deals work and in terms of the way that you know the the cultures work. Um, and so hopefully that that's a role for an attorney or for or for somebody in sort of a business affairs type sure. of capacity. Um, it's just different, you know. Hollywood, uh, yes, you might have very rarely you'd have like the Snyder cut, right, where there's something is iterated. But um, generally speaking, you release it and it's and it's, it, it's released. Whereas yeah. gaming, it, it, you're continually iterating, which is a quite a, a different uh, a different different process. And you can well, end certainly up something... these days with with like games as a service or live platforms or any anything like that. I, I think there is still a, 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 a significant genre of gaming that is a little bit more like the box product that is shipped and it's kind of like a hollywood movie like it's done it's 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 released maybe they have a dlc maybe they do some bug right. fixing but they're definitely looking at a at a pretty spiky long tail kind of thing in terms of i sales think it's a continuum uh, uh for 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 sure um uh for sure but you know and it, but it's interesting sort of the the gaming as a as a service model because a lot of those games increasingly are given away for free, um, yes. but they have completely different sort of sort of models. And I think yeah. that's something else that that you know, if you're if you're in, I mean, not just not just I wouldn't just say in film and television. If you're in publishing, if you're in graphic novels, if you're any of these things, uh, you wouldn't necessarily be familiar with that. So, do you think? Do you have like one or two like key differences, or like oh, let me let me phrase this a different way? What's something that you think, you know, Hollywood agency or like a Hollywood creative um, might wish that game developers knew or thought about and vice versa? What's something you think game developers think kind of like Hollywood maybe doesn't get or, or that they see very differently? What's an example there of, of a place where there's a bridge that needs to be uh formed across those, those sort of two different cultures those two different world views do you get, is yeah it- I, I i i mean I, one thing that comes to mind um you know immediately and it's very very sort of rudimentary and fundamental is is what what are we making um yeah. because generally speaking where you know with our work for for studios for example the options are motion picture 
granted now that could be theatrical or or streaming yeah um or series and you know it could be ongoing or, or limited and and those are generally the the thing i mean obviously you know sometimes there's a live stage or sometimes contemplate right. the podcast first yeah but it's it, it's pretty sort of you know clear and so you can build parameters around this um gaming companies very often it's oh we 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 think this thing is cool we don't know what we're going to do yet um <laughs> And so, which is which is which is fine, but that kind of gets us back to the very start of this conversation, which is, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's it's you know, frankly, you know, sort of professionally richer, but it's also much much better for the client uh, or for the opposing party if the negotiators can actually have discussions and and be involved and talk these things through because. You know that there are it's not you know there are ways that one can draft and kind of create optionality and create these sure. kinds of decision leave, trees leave doors open yeah. for things but it's very hard to, to sort of do it without having that that access and so i think that you know are some of our strongest relationships on sort of the, the 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 tv and film side of things and frankly what i really love is when we can have some some level of interaction with the the creative executives and with production and with finance, because it all goes to my job. You know, um, if I, it helps me, you know, craft the, the scope of the rights and the financials, if I know what the potential avenues for exploitation of a property yeah. are, um, it helps me to, uh, you know, to, to make deals if I've, I mean, I've been on a number of calls recently with, with like CFOs modeling out various structures for, for, for productions. It's, it's immensely, it's immensely, um, uh, helpful, uh, and I think that having those kinds of of discussions, whether it's you know with the council or whether it's with you know with the other side, and literally allowing the stakeholders to talk through these kinds of these kinds of of, of options, um, and and I think you know the in terms of what I I think you know Hollywood maybe would should, you know should know it's. To me, it's just it's not like it's a secret. It's something that's just eminently there in in the culture, which is if you're under the age of 30, you're not watching you're not watching linear television. You're not you know, we we saw the Oscar ratings. I don't see it really coming back in a strong way. And so the future is in these interactive communities. And so I think that there's still a little bit of a a bias that Hollywood has towards film the glory of film you know right. and, I, and i do get it you know I, get, I, mean, I love brother. films my, myself but it's like that's the prep you know but but sort of financially it's not really a comparison in terms of the size and scope but moreover the way it, you know that it's only going to trend in that direction i think what you said is absolutely key that the fact that these play these things are not they're not just divergent like diversions for somebody oh i've got half an hour i'm going to go and play it on my little game i mean i think a lot of people in hollywood still think of gaming you know going down in the basement and playing on your atari it's it is a culture but it's also it's a community yeah. it's where these people's friends are and it's where they socialize and it's their connection and it's and it's the bedrock of their of the things so as you say you know you go into school or college or work on monday morning and if you weren't in the fortnight game for example or you don't get that water cooler moment you don't yeah it, it, it's what it used to be must you know must see television on a thursday night we're talking did about you, lost yeah yeah well precisely <clears throat> did did you see the trailer for the new season of 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 this did you you know i mean i played i played through uh resident evil village on the uh 
on on the weekends i've certainly got things i want to talk but but it's like that thing and and you see some of this in television you know like game of thrones that was the thing like you would go and then you would listen to the podcast and go on the forums and speculate and so forth um but it's but it's sort of to a different level and you know it's not it's not only gaming it's also things like i think um twitch and and tiktok and things like that where you know there's a community feeling there but it's so enormously powerful and you're starting to see this sort of value being put on a little bit more by the traditional entertainment companies, okay. but 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 not enough. That's cool. that's my feeling. Cool. Yeah, and I think actually that um, dovetails really interestingly into this this next question that I I, I think will be fun. We'll see. We'll try one. I wrote down. I've got, some I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on. I've got no idea where this where this conversation is going, I, but I'm enjoying it. I wrote down these scenarios, right? Because and and what I think will be fun is to have you pick apart these scenarios a little bit. Like, I kind of want to hear how your brain works when you're thinking about like rights and opportunities, and oh, this is going to be sticky, and oh, we got to make sure that our contract has this provision. And I mean, obviously you know, you can't do it all. But but I think, you know, when a player hears, a, like the scenario I'm about to give you, like a player is probably going to go, cool, that sounds fun. When do I get to do that? Whereas you're probably going, oh my God, how do I structure that? So I just love, I, let's see, let's see if this is, let's see if this works. So okay, here's good. a hypothetical scenario. <clears throat> uh, Marvel partners with GTA Online. Okay. And uh, a, a player, a creator comes along and uh, they, they create a persona, call it, you know, Captain Awesome, whatever. And they're doing their GTA Online roleplay, but they're always doing it wearing the Captain America skin, always. So it's kind of like how Dream, you know, the Minecraft player, like you never see him, or like some of these digital creators who like you never actually see their face. Right. Imagine it's like that. It's only ever the avatar. So you never actually see the person. And over time, this, this creator is like creating a persona and they've got like a quirk, like, I don't know, stay classy, Boston, or like whatever. Like they have some sort of tagline that becomes like deeply associated with the Captain Awesome persona. And they go viral and awesome and like Mr. Beast level and tens of millions or like whatever. So suddenly, right, you know, this role player is getting almost more fan engagement over Captain America than season three of, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, more people are tuning in to watch this dude role-play Captain America than are actually watching the next Disney Plus season. So Marvel wants some of that, right? They're like, man, we gotta, we gotta get this Captain Awesome, or whatever I call them, I can't even remember anymore. We gotta get some of his stuff in season four. We gotta get that zinger, that stay classy Boston zinger in there. And oh, like, I don't know, he modified the shield to put spiky horns on it or something. Like, we gotta get that in there as well. So suddenly you've got this digital creator who's become so powerful and important from a licensed property that you have the actual brand holder saying, we want some of that action. <laughs> yeah is that ever gonna no. happen <laughs> well, I mean, look and yeah i mean the answer is is in some form or another probably uh probably yes but let's 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 just just think about this and break this this down so Please. i'm the uh, i'm the player uh so i have a you know like an end user you know agreement so it's so one of the things that's changed in, in in gaming over the last you know five or ten years is that now 
almost every game and certainly anything with an online component you have to click through the terms of service expressly before you can before you can play um that you know i think it was much more limited you know on the nes or super nintendo or something like like that so i am i have a contract with in this case um you know i suppose it would be take two as the publisher of, of gta online so i'm in privity with with them um, essentially, I am agreeing to a, a limited license that allows me to to play the game and to do certain things in accordance with um, in accordance with with those terms of of, of service. Um, in this instance, there may or may not kind of be a, something tacked on um, that puts me in privity in with Marvel. I mean, th- this, is, this gets the second piece, right? So there's an agreement between Take Two and 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 Marvel that, that licenses Take Two the rights to use this character in a certain way with certain restrictions and to grant to end users the, the, the you know the, the same the same the same things right so it, a lot of this stuff is just is just obvious you know marvel's not going to want the character to be to be depicted in a way um that you know that the, the, it seems to be damaging to the to to the brand and then frankly you know i mean there is a thresh, threshold question which is whether marvel would ever put you know its characters into gta uh, on, online but it um and so one of the components of that is is presumably going to be some kind of a work for hire provision although it's not going to be signed so there's a, qu- a question around sort of enforceability because work for hire provisions typically have to be in signed writing you know it's saying from an inception i'm creating this mm-hmm. and stuff but but there's probably a license back so i'm probably as a player probably as a player i'm agreeing to some kind of a license to to take two but then by extension marvel that anything i do in the game they can use so you've painted this picture of on the one hand a relatively solid legal framework between the hypothetical marvel the hypothetical take two and the hypothetical player slash creator and at the same time saying even if legally the framework is relatively simple and 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 who owns the rights is relatively clear there is a, an obvious reason why there might want to be another relationship between Marvel and that content creator. So in other words, mm-hmm. creator, go get an agent kind of thing, because you might be onto something. They might want to have some sort of separate side agreement with you. So that makes sense to me. And I want to do a, a second scenario, see if this one is interesting. But this time it's between individuals. Okay. okay. So let's take Roblox as an example, right? Um, so a game blows up on Roblox or, or not even a game appears on Roblox, right? And it's some sort of new mechanic. It's a variant on, I don't know, bed wars. My son's playing a bunch of bed wars right now and on, on Minecraft. So, so someone comes along, makes this mod on Roblox, does something different, does something new. It doesn't blow up. You know, it gets some players, but nothing really huge happens. You come along. And you rip it off verbatim. You copy it exactly. You don't change a single thing. But you've got an Instagram community, or you've got a YouTube community, or you've got whatever. And maybe you change one thing. You change the name, or you change the, instead of being a bed, it's a toothpick. I don't know. You change something minor. But by and large, you've basically just taken this idea that someone else created and you've brought your community to the to the table, and now this thing blows up. So as we explore 
metaverse and as we explore user-generated content and as we explore these games as platforms in these persistent worlds that grow through the contributions of the players, right? All of whom want to be discovered, want to be found, want to get that dopamine, want to get those likes, want to go viral, all of that sort of stuff. You're going to see more and more of these situations where, you know, what is new and innovative is not necessarily what gets the attention. Well, no, I mean, I I think about these, you know, um, Twitter and Instagram, like meme and joke aggregation sites that just take people's tweets and post them up and and, and so forth. But but yes, um, I mean, should I should I give you my 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 my, yeah, basically, I guess my question is, is there anything you think that needs to happen to the kinds of EULAs or deal structures for these games as platforms to be ready for the metaverse, like to, 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 to be ready for this kind of infinite remixing? Or are we yeah. already covered? Well, uh, look, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I think it depends from whose perspective you're, you're looking at it. From the perspective of the platform, in essence, it's covered by that sort of scenario in theory is covered by the the agreement that the player has i have to to presume essentially even if the even if the terms of service for the player say that you own something that's creative that you put in there i'm sure it would say provided that you you know you are granting a um a perpetual um non-exclusive irrevocable license for that for that um, piece of content or that whatever it is to be uh, used, um, revised, modified, remixed, distributed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, in essence, you are granting the right to the other user to 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 produce it by virtue of having done it in in the game. Now, if we are going to move into a situation where these games do expand into what one might call a metaverse and therefore an economy and so the position of the platform is well we want to create we want to create an environment where people are empowered to come and essentially make a living in theory within our within our games well yeah, then I mean, they sandbox to... decentraland i mean there's it's speculative yeah. but there's people making real money inside these well, virtual well i worlds. think this is the way that it's going to, i think that it's this is ultimately the way this is the end game which is if you can get everybody into your platform, of course you let them make money. You just take a transactional mm-hmm. fee or, or something along those those lines. Not dissimilar to sort of Apple and uh, um, and uh, cool. you know this is one of the big things that's being fought out right now. And I, I you know I, I can't really talk to that uh, to to that lawsuit, but it's it's these kinds of concepts. So you know, so in essence, I think that you're going to have to change the. Uh, the scope of your license to create some kind of ownership or some kind of of, of sort of revenue uh, uh, share, but in, in the fact pattern that you're that you're uh, describing, well, let's let's take it out of the game right now. Let's say okay. I just you, you know you just come up with 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 with, with something and I and I rip it up, uh, rip it rip it off. I I just t- take it and and sell it. Well, that's just that's just an essentially an IP uh, conceit. And the question is, well, a did you have um, uh, something that is uh, is protectable? So, is there something that that is protected by presumably copyright law or trademark law or, or perhaps trade secrets or patent? You know, is, is is there something that's that's protected by some body of law? Um, and then, did I infringe? So, did I have access to it? And and is there substantial similarity? And you know, the thing about it is, 
uh, in our in our this is one of the big questions in in our system right now. The only way that that can actually be determined if there's a dispute is by some kind of of dispute resolution. For right. example, a, a court. So in that instance, you know, if if I you know, if you come up with with a with a game and I and I you know I, I infringe on your copyright in in the protectable elements of the game, you would sue me, and then we either settle it out or a court you know judges that. And yep. the, the the thing about it is, well, w- presumably these platforms do not want to get pulled into lawsuits, and they moreover they do not want to have to act as an arbiter in terms of determining well who's right and who's and who's wrong so i think it's going to be very hard for them to deviate from a from a license model that just allows people to remix freely without sort of an issue and so okay so that's fantastic and that that's basically what i thought and so once again the answer is that more or less the legal structures we have in place right now have to be the legal structures that we continue to use, even as we build the metaverse, right? That maybe there'll be some small tweaks here and there, but this idea that there's an EULA, that what you're doing inside Roblox, you don't actually own, you know, the IP is owned by either Roblox or the licensee holders of the various products. And yeah, we're paying you, but I mean, it's like more like paying you as a service. You don't actually own this thing in question, right. which which is a hard a hard concept for for users to to to, to swap. I mean, you just had to see the sort of the uproar around, say, you know, the shutting down of the of the potential PS3 and Vita, you know, storefronts and so forth. The idea that you don't actually own something, and in theory, the access could be revoked. That's right. Is is, yeah. is, is difficult, but but so, yes, that's how it works. Okay, so now so so now let's get to NFTs. Yes. Because 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 here's the part I, I just frankly don't understand. So if I, I may make, not either. And and maybe that's a great place to end the conversation, which is we just don't know what's gonna happen. But so if I make a Doritos map in Roblox, right? So clearly Roblox owns the map, Doritos owns the IP, right? And I get some money because I'm generating a bunch of money for Roblox and possibly by extension Doritos in terms of all the in-app purchases and Robux that are spent inside my game. Now, an NFT is, it's a digital pointer, right? Like it's, it's a pointer to a thing. I could mint an NFT for that Roblox map, basically saying like, here's the login and password to administer this Roblox map at this date and time you know, whoever buys this NFT becomes the new whatever owner of this NFT. They don't have rights to the map. They don't have rights to Doritos, but they've somehow NFT'd this instance, this, this expression of those things. So how does NFT and this, this pointer to a thing, how does that digital providence impact these kinds of conversations, right? So legally, I can't come to you and say, look, you ripped off my thing because no court of law is going to want to hear that case. But if I have an NFT showing providence and a, and a kind of per pixel match between what I minted and what you're now making a lot of money from, 
Is there something there that's useful, or is it still just look the ELA trumps everything? You know, whatever well, the NFT does. Nothing. So uh, let me. I suppose um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm following the NFT thing. I'm not an expert in it. My uh, partner Sarah Odenkirk is. Um, uh, both from the legal perspective and the practical. I mean, she's actually minted her own NFTs and she's been a big sort of advocate. And and, and so it's, it's far better to speak to these kinds of things than, than I. But as a general premise, you know, what the, the, the fact pattern that you're describing is, is happening every day in one way or, or another. Um, I was just reading an article, I think, yesterday about artists who are discovering their work on that these NFT sites um uh without their their knowledge and 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 consent and so what i would say first and foremost is that um you know the concept of an nft does not trump intellectual property law and presumably especially around some of these bigger some of these bigger sales you heard it platforms. straight from the lawyer kids don't go minting stuff you don't own <laughs> yeah i mean it's presumably you know it's uh it, it's presumably could be trademark um in in infringement it could be copyright um in in infringement uh you know i think that the actual the actual way that um the actual way that the court kind of comes down and analyzes it is sort of tbd i think there will be a lawsuit but in essence i think it's going to come down on the favor in the on the side of the rights holder because right. from a policy <laughs> perspective the whole point here is to sort of reward the, the the artist um and i would say you know one of the exclusive rights that's reserved to an author under copyright law an author means you know creator is is the right to create derivative works so at the at very least um you know creating an nft is probably some form of of derivative uh, of derivative work so there's the, there's that aspect which is kind of for the private um you know like you know i take i take a piece of your 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 art or i take that picture behind you of shadow of the colossus and and and, and mint it well i would imagine i'll be getting a, a call from sony pretty pretty sharpish um the fact pattern you said with the Doritos and so forth, well, now we've got multiple rights holders. You, you, I can assure you that there is nothing in your license agreement with Roblox that, that gives you the right to mint an NFT using D Doritos. And probably what one of the byproducts of the past three months is lawyers furiously going back into contracts and terms of service to to expressly reference uh, nfts i mean there was a los angeles uh, times article uh, a couple of weeks ago about comic book artists who traditionally have had the right to have retained the physical artwork and have yeah, been able I to sell it article. right and, and and now it's you know it, and it's being expressly sort of written in, in in into contract i have to imagine that there is going to be something like a negative covenant you know uh, notwithstanding anything to the contrary end user will have no right to to create any form of drift work including without limitation any form of of nft or other digital asset uh, so so that so you, that's a stop right now on the on the doritos piece there's probably a, that also comes from the platform um as well now as we get more progressive ultimately and we move into this metaverse you know construction uh, some very smart people are going to have to work this this out because it's going to it's a huge uh, i think a huge huge opportunity particularly in sort of gaming and virtual worlds 
we've already seen people all pay for i mean it's amazing i remember you know i i played oblivion for god knows how many hours and i sort of remember i think it was either oblivion or skyrim was the first but like the horse armor was one of the first pieces it must yeah. have been oblivion right the dlc on on xbox 360 on and a premium like, title so it was yeah. very uh like, controversial and it was, at the time. Was, yeah it was it was hugely controversial but now it's completely commonplace well, we do have uh, also an episode coming out in the next couple of months where we we deep dive into NFTs, um, and I'm sure I will do many more of them because it is such a dynamic space. So maybe we'll bring you and your partner, Sarah, back on and we can continue this conversation later on in the year and sort of take take stock of where things went in the metaverse and crypto space. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, let's hope we don't doom the, the planet in the... Yeah. Uh... In, yeah. in, in the process proof of stake right that's what everyone's betting on right proof of stake as the the thing that's going to save the world exactly um simon this has been fantastic we're sitting at over an hour now um it's going to be hard hard work to, to to trim this down to the to the target because I, I found this conversation fascinating but just before before we let you go before we say goodbye um any closing thoughts about themes or subjects you thought we were going to dive into that we didn't get a chance to explore? Do you, do you feel like we covered the the? <laughs> do we cover the the, the broad in a broad spectrum the kinds of things we had set out to discuss? Yeah, no, look, I, I think this was 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 fantastic. Um, from my perspective, it, it's just interesting because I think possibly what's evident is that there's a very thin wafer thin line between my professional work and my and my personal interests. Um, and, you know, I just find the whole, the whole space sort of fascinating. It certainly informs my work and, and, and clients and, and, you know, look, one thing we do, we really, as a group try to pride ourselves on is, is thinking deeply about the business of our, of our clients, because then we can represent them, them better, but notwithstanding, um, uh, that it's just a really, really interesting time. And, and frankly, I think it's marvelous that you have this, this podcast and you're exploring these kinds of things and sort of talking about them um, with such a, a broad, uh, you know, variety of people. So, so thank you very much for, for having me on. Well, thank you for being on. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Simon Pullman, everyone, uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, until next time, Simon, have a great afternoon. Again, thank you so thank much. You. And that's a wrap. Thanks very much, Simon, for joining me on the Tomorrow with Rovio. I'm your host, Ben Mattis. And to all of you listeners or, or watchers out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please don't hesitate and reach out. Let us know sort of what what other themes you think we should explore, who you think we should be talking to. And uh, until next time, have a good evening. Bye, everyone. Bye.